Hey, son, you haven't bumped just staring from across the room. Ah. You've got to stretch your stuff, and I'll show you just what to do now. Nah. You gotta dance, gotta make your advance, you gotta show you've got guts. I got a move that'll make them swoop, and it's called the two step strut. Now, dance with me. Coming soon to a theater. Oh, <laughs> oh he messed up his, his, his flow. He doesn't know what to do with himself. Podcast episode <laughs> over. It's, this one's not <laughs> happening. Coming soon to a theater near you, it's The Equalizers, a weekly podcast for two idiots drop a cinema sibling in the lap of a perfectly content solo film. My name is Mike Nolan. I am joined, as always, by the sequel to my prequel, Madison Jones. Madison Jones, are you in good form? You didn't cut them off. <sighs> Sorry, we'll, we'll wait till you're done taking a shit. Uh, I'll say I agree with Madison on this one. Yeah. yeah. This one... This one was rough, folks. Like, I'm sorry if you watched the movie to prepare for this episode, if you listen to this. I'm sorry if you but, watched the movie ever. Yeah. I think, and... I may not be being very generous when I say I think this is one of the worst ones. <laughs> oh wow! Y'all watched the pest. We did watch the pest. Yeah, there. It's not the worst one for sure, but as far as movie that I checked out of, like probably ten minutes in because nobody was interesting or it caught my attention. Like you know, you know that like thing in books, like what they tell you when you're in. Um, writing school like we all went to <laughs> writing college um <laughs> that we all went to um where like if, if your book isn't interesting in like the first 10 pages or something like that like then nobody's gonna continue or whatever that was kind of mm-hmm. how this movie was for me <laughs> like nothing caught my attention at any point in the movie nothing was exciting nothing everyone didn't care you could tell nobody cared in that in in the movie Including Jeremy Irons. I felt so bad for Jeremy Irons. Yeah, Jeremy Irons was clearly promised an Obi-Wan Kenobi role. And then they got to set in the wilderness of Canada where he couldn't leave. And then they gave him the actual script. Yeah, I, I, I'm not I'm not convinced that Jeremy Irons wasn't held under duress. Like, it, what, like he, he probably like was like, made many calls to try to get out of there at some point. Um, there's one part of this movie that I legitimately loved. And Jackson was there when we were watching it. And it's the bit <laughs> where Aragon breaks into Brahm's house and he opens this book. And all of a sudden, Brahm hops out of nowhere and goes, Stop that! Or whatever. Like it's because, porn. It's like, That's my porn, don't! Well, for me, it was more the fact that the way that shot, that thing was so clearly Jeremy Irons had been crouching behind that table the whole time. Yeah, right. And that actor, Joshua Spilliers or whatever, came in and was looking around like, whoa, dragon stuff. Jeremy Irons is crouched in the corner, clearly. Like, But from his perspective, he can see Jeremy Irons crouched by the table. And he has to just like walk around like he's amazed. Look at this book with Jeremy Irons right there, clearly just in his peripheral vision. And waiting for his cue to jump up and go, stop that, or whatever. Like, it was so <laughs> funny to me just to imagine this scene of Jeremy Irons just like crouching behind a table waiting for his cue. yeah. And that uh, was my favorite part of this movie. <laughs> that was within the first twenty minutes. Um, <laughs> sure was. Well, you've been hearing you've been hearing their voice on this show with us. I'm taking the host energy a little bit. Gotcha. Uh, on this uh, episode with us is <laughs> our frequent, um, frequent, um, yeah, uh-huh. uh, 
frequent, I'm not you out. frequent guests. What do you call it? Like we kidnap them a lot, something like that. Jackson, <laughs> recurring hostage. Yeah, recurring hostage is a pretty good phrase we should use for when people guest on the show. <laughs> recurring hostage. That's pretty good. Um. Anyway, Jackson's here. Everybody, welcome back, Jackson. Hey, hey, glad to be back. We uh had my roommate Corey was lined up to guest for this because he and I watched this movie when I first saw it. We watched it together. Uh, he was unable to make it with us, and Jackson uh, stepped in, although very suspicious that even before Corey said he couldn't make it, Jackson said, hey, if I'm willing to fill in when Corey can't make it, I mean if Corey can't make it. It's a conspiracy. So, interesting. Interesting. It's a conspiracy. Mm-hmm. Corey did also say he felt like he, he was being watched by puddles and birds, so... Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, Jackson, thank you for coming on to watch this horrible movie and listen to what i am positive is going to be uh, based off of the light conversation madison and i had yesterday off mic this might be the next beetlejuice 2 i'm not oh, saying it's going to get that wild it it's, it has the makings of being that bad yeah i think so too knowing what i have planned i think mm-hmm. so too spoilers i put aragon in the real world road rules challenge episode oh jesus i think it's hold on see they hate that yeah I think it's just called The Challenge now. I think they completely rebranded it, and it's called The Challenge. I'm an OG. I remember when it was the Real World Road Rules Challenge, a sentence that is still very difficult to say. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Hey, did you ever watch Real World or Road Rules before? I'd rather talk about this. My sister watched (laughs) The Challenge, and so I'm aware of it, but I never actually watched it. God. I only watched Real World San Diego and whatever the road rules was of that same year. So was, I then I did watch the challenge at some point during that year as well. And There's one thing I want to talk about with Aragon, and that's the last <laughs> book in the series. Because Why are you talking I, about this movie? We're talking about Real World Road Rules oh, no, no. Challenge right now. I'm talking about the books. I'm not oh, talking okay. about the movie at all. Okay. Because that book series has the most buckwild ending to me. Spoilers for the end of the Aragon book series. He they get to the final boss who has trapped their ally Murtaugh by having him swear on his true name to serve him. Murtaugh gets around that by falling in love, which changes his real name. Aragon then with this powerful second of magic he's given to slay Galvatorx basically goes, I want you to feel bad. And he feels so bad. He dies. (laughs) And then they get done and he's like, well, world peace achieved time for me to go. And the Urgles are like, okay, but like, we're pretty warlike. And the way we become men is by attacking people. And like, what are you going to do with that? So Aragon invents the Olympics. It is legitimately just every so often, every race will get together and compete in sports competitions. And that's how you can continue to do that. I did it. I solved war with the (laughs) Olympics. Jesus Christ. And then he leaves to go start Dragon Island or whatever. But it's just like, that is how this book series ends. Murtaugh, through a legal loophole of magic, changes his re- his true name because he falls in love. Aragorn makes it, basically shames a man to death. Yeah. And invents the Olympics. And that's it. World peace achieved. And it's... Now, granted, I started the book series when I was in like middle school, and the last book didn't come out till I was at least high school, maybe starting college. So my tastes and my believability level changed. But I just, as I was reading the final book, like this is bullshit. Yeah, 
the the defeat of Galvatorx thing is wild because it's not like it's not like oh he found like, one way to defeat him. It's like oh he could have done anything with your like basically free wish. And he's like I wish you felt so bad you died. I wish I, your death was horrible for you personally. I also think it's meant to be more of like the um, spoilers for Avatar. Uh, like Aang, where he doesn't kill the Fire Lord or whatever. It's like the merciful, whatever. But he feels so bad he dies. And fucking Aragorn nerds, at me if you want. I don't care. I'm being hyperbolic, but it's still fucking bad. <laughs> I'm going to say, Aragorn nerds, fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> I like the book series fine. The ending is really fucking dumb. <laughs> yeah, it's... Are there Aragon nerds? Does anybody care? Yeah, right. Like, are there any passionate Aragon nerds uh, at that point? If there are, that's fine. Like, more power to them. I was gonna say, if if there are, like, um, I think it's probably, like, similar to Harry Potter nerds. Like, people kind of just kind of wave off the wand lore bullcrap in the last book or whatever, and how it's, like, really, mm. like, um, convoluted and doesn't make a lot of sense. But people are like, oh yeah, those books are great. Um, but there are Aragon nerds, and it may surprise you to learn this is not a segue. There are Aragon film nerds who love this movie. All right. Oh my God. That is, again, not a segue to any tomatoes or letters. I'm just, I, in my intrepid search through our mailbox, I did find people who very much enjoyed this movie. Huh. I can't imagine it's, that. Let's touch on the movie only in to talk about Madison, a thing that you and I just also mentioned yesterday of how bafflingly, how this movie is utterly incapable of like ingenuity. I'm doing a bad job of saying this since there is nothing to grab onto. Yeah. Or engineering like a sequel. There is absolutely nothing to grab onto at the end of this movie. Like I Jackson and I watched it and I was just sitting there like, there's nothing for me to like spin out of here. They did Mm -hmm. it. They completed the movie. Like there's nothing to do here. Yeah. If you can't tell, like I got kind of angry during this movie. <laughs> just like how like uninteresting the movie was, like mm-hmm. and how nothing caught my attention and everything. And also there just wasn't really a lot to go off to. Like like um and I'm being I'm being very mean to it and I, I like but like I and I don't mean to be that mean, but like it's it it's it is like it is rough. Like it, it is it is a rough like um it's a rough one to get through um and it's a rough ending and like i don't know like they they like what's wild to me i think like is how they for like they don't explain things very well as far as the world building i think maybe that's why it it fails a lot like like for some reason the uh i i think yeah the, it's Safira, but I I know I don't care about sir. this movie to correct you. Yeah, like when she's learning to fly, Aragon is like running with her in like a field and um then uh like trying to help her fly and then she did goes and then she flies up into the sky and she's about about maybe like a maybe like a four foot dragon, like like she's kind a of dog. a like like yeah, like a whelp or something. And Safira flies into the sky and then comes down about like two seconds later and is like a like oh. a 30 foot dragon for no per- apparent reason besides magic i guess do not like, get it twisted she gets struck by lightning three times and yeah. each time she gets a bigger <laughs> yeah like 
but they don't explain why like i'm okay with that happening like it like it isn't like if it's like oh you unlock unlock the real ability of dragons and then they can be their true selves but yeah like I mean, or some but don't like you can't just do that you can't just do that aragon <laughs> there the books do a decent job of having some like magical things happen that are uh they feel more like miracles sure. like, like there's like things that go on and they don't really get into why like um Sephira turning Brahm's tomb to glass or whatever mm-hmm. which is oh, cool yeah. but doesn't really go anywhere doesn't and it's kind of a like the fact that the movie is going so fast and has all these role building things and we don't get into how that happened is like hey could you do that more yeah could you just turn the turn uh, Rumpelstiltskin to glass or whatever that would be really helpful. You know how it, it if I remember correctly, like you, you know the beginning of the Lord of the Rings, which I can compare this to because I think it's the same genre and same tr- kind of trying. It came out three years after the last one, right? Like, mm-hmm. um, and I'm not sure. I don't think they're trying to coattail that at all. But like, Lord of the Rings does a good job in the first movie of having like I think it's like a 15 minute opening like just trying to set up the world and mm-hmm. trying to tell everything and they do that a little bit but it's about like five minutes long like if they if they really wanted to set up like how all the dragons actually worked and like what how magic works in this world at the beginning of this movie I would have probably been a little bit more on board like and yeah. like not confused and just sort of angry <laughs> as i as i gone through we may cut this uh but there was a bit that i was cracking up at we mentioned brahm's tomb and i had to rewind <laughs> it because they put him under these rocks like it's his tomb and Sophia touches her nose when it turns into it's like diamond casket it's like there now time will not ravage him and aragorn mutters something about nobody knowing who he is and she goes uh, and Arya then goes now everyone will or some, but everyone will, or something like that. But I didn't hear him, so it sounded like Saphira said, "Now time cannot ravage his body." And Arya goes, "But everyone will," or something like that. <laughs> and I was, I, I Jackson little test. I went, and I stopped the movie, and I went back. And I go, "Okay, okay." I knew I clearly missed a sentence there, but I don't because it's like Saphira's like. <laughs> For me, uh, everybody but time will ravage his body. When when Brom dies and. Uh, gets the last ride on the dragon like um and he lets out his biggest the biggest smile ever i do like to think that that is jeremy iron's last scene in the film as as far as filming (laughs) and he's just smiling because he's like i'm out of here i have the there's like there's a bus there's like a bus with it with a ticket waiting for him right outside the studio door (laughs) they actually covered the bus in green screen that's him on the bus leaving set (laughs) and they and they they flipped him like (laughs) <laughs> well uh i think that's enough we didn't like this movie at all and i went to the letterbox and i found some reviews of this movie from the website letterboxd uh our first review comes from Stephen sheehan who gave this one and a half stars half arsed hobbitry end of review half half horsed hobbitry half arsed half arsed hobbitry but I think that's enough. We've, we've covered that one. Uh, Z gave this a half star. I understand why this was the last film to ever be released on VHS. Uh, with some minor Googling, I believe factually Aragon Holy is the last shit. movie to be mass produced on VHS. Wow. That's amazing. Now, if, yeah. 
anyone listening to this knows if that's true or false, you can add us on Twitter at the Equalizers and let us know if that's true. I did not deep dive into whether or not Aragon was the last film, but enough people were talking about it. It seems like this might have been the last mass-produced VHS movie before everyone just kind of decided DVD was the next thing. Wow. That's a fun trivia I'm going to use at some point. Yeah. Madison is clearly Googling it, so I'm not. I'm going to wait to continue until we've discovered the truth. Our next review comes from Ryan Quarterman, who has a pro rating. Now, Madison famously has had a beef with almost every person who has a pro rating. Because none of them actually talk about the... They're just, they, same, one of the pro ratings last time was just someone talking about, like, um, what was it? The, it wasn't the Sticky Fours in the theater, but it was something else like that. The one from The New Adventures of Christopher Robin was that their, light, their theater got struck by lightning. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they turned um, into a dragon. Probably. The theater doubled in size. Uh, Ryan gave this two stars. While you were out sinning on your Saturday night, I was watching Aragon and getting right with the Lord. End of review. Jesus Christ. Wow. I don't don't know. Beef with that one, Madison? Or is this the first pro rating that... I don't know. Like, to me, this this movie is so tame and has nothing, like, has nothing, like, Mm -hmm. evil in it, like, at all, like, or, like, super dark magic or anything. I guess, like, the Durza character, maybe, but, like, Mm -hmm. I don't see anything that is, like, blasphemy, like, at all. Like, I I, I think you could watch this at Sunday school. This is Mm -hmm. a good, this could be a Sunday school dragon. I mean, dragons and magic might... Maybe. Might disclose it it from church, uh, exclude it from being a church watch. But I think from now on, we need to check in if every movie we do can be, is a church watch. Is a church watch. you can watch watch at church during a Sunday school class. Yeah. They do remove the blasphemy from the book that Aragon does commit. So they do make it more sanitized for our church audience. Yeah. They do cut out the 45 minute sex scene with Satan. Little Nas X as Aragon. Canonically, every single person in Aragon is a virgin. <laughs> That's true. Our next review comes from Beth, who gave us one and a half stars. Doesn't live up to my memory, but the dragon is so cute at the beginning. The purest childhood memories from this movie. End of review. Um, our next review comes from Beth, who gave this three stars and just said, on second thought, end of review. <laughs> I'm going to show you my phone with a screenshot. Two separate reviews that were entered by Beth. One for one and a half star with her review. The second one, just on second thought. Beth died when she wrote that. Like, like, she died in the middle of that. I think the... um, She died in my arms. Yeah. Uh, She died in the middle of the box. The studio making Harry Potter came in and, like, just, just murdered her. It's like, no! We can't give we can't give it any more uh, any more clout. King's Island's talking about buying the Aragon rights. We can't have that. No. <laughs> Those are the end of the reviews. Beth's double feet double review here was the last one I had for uh, our letterbox review section. Can you imagine if there is an Aragon ride somewhere at like some Jesus. like some like amusement park? I don't know. They couldn't have paid Rachel Vice enough money to do that. Yeah. I think you're pretty easy though. Like, I mean, you say that you're on like, you know, flying on Saphir, and there's like gouts of flame every now and again. That's actually like a pretty, like, it's a ride that builds itself, as it were. Yeah, yeah, cool. So, um, I am bringing mm-hmm. a little something new to this. Ooh, um, a little spice in the ice. A little spice in the ice. Um, I couldn't come up with a more like this for this particular one. Uh, there wasn't a lot of like. <laughs> I, I'm not gonna lie. I got the I get the impression you maybe couldn't bring yourself to, to find a more like this. Yeah, that that's kind of true. So um, 
I have a I have a new game whose working Ooh. title, whose uh, in place title is Kachinga Ding Ding: The Success in Cinema Assessment of Assets. <laughs> so in this, I looked up what mo- uh, what movies were out at the same time as Aragon okay. in theaters, and I looked at what their budgets were, mm-hmm. and then how much they made in total box office, okay. um, and. What you both have to do is order them in uh, highest earning, like in net assets, mm. if that makes sense. Sure. So, um, and I'm going to give you the base budget, okay? And the movie. Okay. And the movie, obviously. Okay. In, in this movie, or at the same time, in theaters, the movie 300 was in theaters. Okay. And its base budget was $65 million. Aragon was in theaters same time. Mm-hmm. Its base budget was a hundred million. Oof. In Rocky Balboa, the six Rocky film was in mm. theater, and its base budget was twenty four million. So, uh, put these three in order. Put these three. Uh, in who order. made the most money? Yeah, from least to greatest. From least to greatest, it's going to be Rocky Balboa, Aragon, three hundred. Okay, locking it in. Okay. What? Why do? Why? Why do you think that? Oh, because Rocky Balboa was pretty generally panned. I don't think it made a lot of money. It basically ended the Rocky franchise until Creed came out. Uh, this movie was awful, but I'm sure it made a decent amount of money based off of like opening weekend. And then 300 was a fucking phenomenon. Okay. Uh, I agree with Mike, but he already has an answer, so I'll have a new one of um, uh, Aragon made the least, then 300, then Rocky Balboa. Okay. Cool. Cool. It had just. Incredible box office success and no cultural impact. I'm going to actually say all of them combined uh, are number one as Throcky Balboa gone. Throcky Balboa gone. <sighs> yeah. That's also a... my, my favorite Pokemon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I choose you, Throcky Balboa gone. It is like a dragon boxer um, with uh, in a Spartan. <laughs> in a Spartan. Oh my god. TM, 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 TM equalizers. <laughs> um, Our first feature length film. Mike, you hit it in it. Nail on the head. That was very correct. You were a very good assessment of assets there. Stop reading my report cards. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 300 made 391 million box office. Mm-hmm. Aragon made 150 million. And Rocky Alboa made 132 million. So, still not um, as bad as I thought, but. Yeah. 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 I didn't know that about the Rocky Balboa film that it was like the worst ever or like Oh, I don't know if it's the worst ever. I think it was just like an attempt to see if they could make another one. Like the idea was this ESPN did a thing of like here's the current heavyweight champion of the world. Could he have beat Rocky Balboa at his prime? And they were like no, no he couldn't have. So Rocky was like or they said yes and Rocky was like I bet I could still fight him today. And so he trained and then fought yeah. that guy. Okay. And that was it was supposed to be like old man Rocky in a way and I don't know if it was awful. I think people just didn't care about Rocky at that point. Sure. Yeah. Like it wasn't good necessarily. Milo Ventimiglia really in it as his son. Yeah, it's funny. Like it has the uh, yeah, because its base budget was twenty four million, which isn't a lot. <laughs> like it, like, and I guess it's like probably there's no like CGI. I think it was a quieter or, film as well. Yeah. It wasn't like Rocky fights the Russian where they have to do like an enormous sure. arena and everything. It was a quieter film about like you are old. This might kill you. What are you doing? Yeah. I also like I did look up a little bit about it and mm-hmm. apparently in the film 
uh, he's working at, or he... When he has sex with Satan. Yeah, mm-hmm. and he has sex with, yeah, yeah. No, he's working at a restaurant called Adrian's, which is the name of his wife, who is dead. She he owns like, it, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. I think it's his, his restaurant that he named <laughs> yeah, after her. Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> not just a coincidence. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm sure it's not a coincidence. The yeah, film yeah. before was Rocky wandering around Philadelphia looking for a restaurant called Adrian's that he could work at. <laughs> <laughs> I just wiped the tables down. Uh, <laughs> While they play Eye of the Tiger. The scene of him plunging the toilet in the bathroom to Eye of the Tiger is... <laughs> sad Oscar worthy the saddest yeah. thing ever I'm done yeah having yeah, successfully but... not talked about Aragon for most of the episode yeah. I think it's time we talk about Aragon too yeah um I am gonna ask you first because I I did I, you not do it no I did do it no, okay I did do it you were starting, you're taking long enough that I was, you were trying to find a way to explain why you don't have a pitch. That's no, why. No, 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 no. Um, there's a specific reason for mine going last, mm-hmm. but you're I going did, first. But I'm going to go first, I guess. Oh, okay, I guess sure. Yeah. If you want to go first, if you want to go last, I'll go first. I, I don't care. Um. Okay. No, I'll go first. Okay, that's fine. I can go whenever. So I have. I'll go third. I don't care. Yeah, Jackson, do you have one? <laughs> uh, I can I can improvise one. Sure. I told Jackson I wish that I had my my Aragon books here only so that when it got to my turn I could just clearly lift up a copy of Eldest the second book and start reading from page one. <laughs> yeah. Um. So I had two ideas going off of to go off mm-hmm. of, and um, I'll share the I'll share the other one after um after I read my sec my actual one just the name of just the name of it. Um, sure. But. Kind of like in hearkening back to our early days and Meet Dave Two, I was kind of thinking like, what possibly, how possibly could this movie get a sequel that people would go to? Mm-hmm. Like that's that's the thing. Or like in in Meet Dave Two, it was a Wendy's thing, right? You know, like the Wendy's tie-in. It it basically fronted the bill on on for the film. Was it like um, Meet Dave Thomas? What was it? Was Meet Dave? See, it was sponsored by Wendy's, but I couldn't yeah, remember. Yeah, it was Meet Dave Thomas sponsored by Wendy's. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. But um, I was like, so what could possibly draw people to the theater to go see this? <laughs> uh huh. And I'm like, sex sells. So I present to you, Aeroporn, the porn sequel to Aragon. <laughs> I should have gone first. <laughs> you still can if you want, but no, it's too late. You can edit this around. We let the porn out of the bottle. First things first. All characters are recast <laughs> with, with professional porn adult film actors that sort of look like the original actors. Oh god. Also, all characters are canonically five years older. <laughs> also, this is a softcore porn, so aka nothing below the belt is shown, but it is heavily implied. <laughs> Do you see like a single butt for half a second? Yeah. So Okay. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Stuff like Brown, of course. Stuff like that. Yeah. <laughs> Come back to Braun's grave. He's now face down in it and you just see his fucking tight ass. <laughs> face down, glass up. 
how the plot works throughout the movie is it is basically what a sequel to this movie kind of would be. It would be the preparations for the war and the war itself sure. with uh, mm-hmm. Gabatronics or whatever the fuck his name is. You know, the big robot guy, Gabatronics. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, that was actually the spaceman in Willy's Wonderland, too. Yeah. It's basically that, but with like some porn stuff. <laughs> the movie opens with a long kissing scene between Galbo Tricks and a lady in black. It advances to them undressing and getting more hot and heavy. Also, if you need to bow out at any time, just let me... I'm good. I'm cool, good. Cool, cool, uh, so cool. far, this is far too heterosexual for me, so yeah. I gotta leave. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I need uh, to maybe get some more tissues, but... It advances to them undressing and getting more hot and heavy. What's that? A spike... <laughs> a, a... <laughs> Sorry, sorry, a spike wall? No. Nah. And a sequel with spines? What's that? A spiked tail comes into the scene? It appears to belong to the woman. The woman has horns as well? That's right. Is that his dragon? Shur- Shuriken, Gobatrax's dragon, has the power to polymorph into a human, and they have some sort of relationship. It is further revealed that Shuriken seems to be the mastermind behind all of Galbatrix's uh, military and governmental strategy. She, in private, actually seems kind of nice, and her villain, her villainly, villainry only uh, seems to be present in front of the knights and servants at the behest of Galbatrix, because they'll do basic, mm-hmm. like, they can give them commands and stuff like that, right? Uh, the, the dragons, right? When they aren't doing their NC-17 fucking, which is most of the scene, we see them talking about the war with uh, Varden and eventually going toe-to-toe with Aragon uh, that is surely to happen. Move on from that scene. In another part of the story, we see Aragon and Sapphire doing their writer training. This arc will sort of be the Master Yoda on Dagobah training part of the plot, you know? Because since Mm -hmm. the first one was basically Star Wars. Um, and the second one was too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Aragon is not fucking his dragon, surprisingly. <laughs> Instead, we hear Aragon talking to Sophia about how he sort of is beginning to fancy Murtog. Now, in the books, it is said that he Murtog is his half brother, like eventually. So, but Murtog has no blood relation in this. They're in, just step siblings. Yeah. <laughs> is beginning to fancy Murtog. We see a separate training scene with Murtog and Aragon, where Murtog is helping Aragon with his sword play. It is a hot day in, the, in a field of wheat, <laughs> <laughs> where they are training. The training and sparring uh, resemble uh, uh, this training and sparring resembles this sort of play he had with his cousin Roran, but something feels different. They get sweaty amongst the wheat and take off their shirts. The training escalates. More clothes are removed. As they tumble and parry, uh, (laughs) they feel attraction towards each other, grow stronger, and can't help themselves. They kiss and hold each other passionately, and then they do it. (laughs) (laughs) What's very funny to me about this to me is that... uh... Like, recently, one of y'all mentioned that um, Madison's family is now listening to this podcast. Like, oh, like, yeah. Double down on the sex stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. Maybe Dad don't listen to this one. Too late. I think it's too... I mean, again, <laughs> the porn's out of the bottle on this one. Yeah. <laughs> they kiss and hold each other passionately, and then they do it. 
their bodies swaying with the weed as they go on. <laughs> Can't believe this turned into my co-host wrote a porno. In another part of the story, <laughs> we see Arya training forces in Elsmira for the war that is going on in other parts of the region. She seems bored with her time doing this, and she wants to see battle. The elven uh, government is worried about her well-being after the events of she went through in the first non-porn movie. Her demeanor at times seems different. It is revealed that the poison spell Durza cast on her in the first movie is actually causing her to turn into a shade. Mm. She sees visions of Durza telling her the truth and how it is inevitable that the magic will change her and over time she will be able to wield and cast dark magic and would become become much more cunning and do- a domineering pe- person. She sees this as a boon and uh, <laughs> she sees this as a boon and her way to get out of training recruits and go to the elven leadership and she goes to the elven leadership to try to convince them to transfer her to the battlefield. They instead fast tracked her into their diplomacy division. I'm just I'm waiting for the, everything you say where she goes to meet more people. I'm like, all right, this is where she I guess has sex with a lot of people. It keeps being like, here's the army, here's the this, here's these people. Go ahead and continue, because based on the face you're making, I don't, I don't think I'm ter- too far off. She's tasked with going around to the different leaders uh, in the region and convincing them to join the fight against Galvatrix. Her porn scenes are sprinkled out throughout the movie as she visits the different leaders of the druids, monks, and barbarians. Oh my god. <laughs> at, each lo- at each location she visits, she gets enveloped into the culture and has the different suitors of each region, some of them being the leaders of the different continents. We see kink stuff, heavy romantic stuff, and tantric stuff that involves vines in the druid region. You get it. <laughs> uh, Which part of the body is the druid region? <laughs> Be specific. Uh, the butt. Mike said the butt, and I'm not going to argue. Mm. Um, there are definitely more like so that's the end of that that part she 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 basically does this sort of sexual wanderlust throughout the continent uh, sexual wanderlust is also tm band yeah, name for the equalizer sure, absolutely sure. uh there are definitely more filler fuck scenes throughout the movie with like different filler people. fuck scenes is also a tm band yeah, name yeah, for yeah, the equalizer. yeah filler fuck scenes in the movie with different characters but i'm only hitting the main plots is one of them um like that one witch lady and the cat boy. Cat boy, I don't. Yeah, the cat boy in the books. Oh, I don't know. Yes, there's... I mean he's a cat man now. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Obviously. Again, five year older adults. Don't, don't five. They are all of the adults are five years older. Don't say five year old. Don't five year old adults. No, 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 no. Also, his name is canonically Solemn Bum. So. Oh, oh my God. I mean, I don't even have to change it. Yeah, Solemn Bum Bum is in this. All of his sex scenes, he doesn't, his facial expression never changes from just like a very blase cat man. Uh, (laughs) Oh, God. In one of the battles that, so this is going to another part of it. In one of the battles that the Varden lose, uh, it is revealed that Galbatrax has a dragon um, to the rest of the army. Oh, his name's Galbasex. Yeah, Galbasex. Yeah. That he has a, a dragon which decimates a lot of the, the Varden force. During the battle, Sophia is able to establish some sort of link with Shuriken and senses that she is not 
uh, 100% on board with this war or what they are doing. So Freya talks to Aragorn about uh, about it and convinces him that she may be able to sway um, uh-huh. to uh, sh- that uh, Surikin may be able to be swayed away from the war uh, if she could only communicate with one of her own with um, without being seen and in private. Through a test of will and magic, Sapphira is able to polymorph herself into a beautiful woman. While back at the castle, uh, Sapphira sneaks into the keep to uh, converse with Surikin. Swayed by Surikin's plea, Surikin decides to try to resist Galvatrix's command. Surikin also becomes quite taken with Sapphira um, in their meeting, and the feeling is mutual with Sapphira. They think about resisting the urge, but it is all too tempting. I mean, <laughs> neither of them have, neither of them, neither of them have ever met another dragon before. They just can't waste the moment or opportunity. They have sex, doing it in their human forms and in their dragon forms. <laughs> Something unique with their tails happened. Also, fire breath gets used at one point. They also do it in the sky because dragons can fly. Yeah dragon sex <laughs> yeah i saw that movie that's pretty much all i got um, oh god i i'm i'm assuming more movie happens but i think i hit sure. the main points in that um that dragon sex so, happens uh, i'm sure galbatrox like um him and aragorn fight and fuck and fuck maybe i don't know but yeah that's basically all i have um any notes no perfect 10 out of 10 movie yeah I like wood, it. Wood bang. Wood bang? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's also how we're going to decide. We're going to rate movies from now on. Um, does it have like a really like great kind of like jazzy, sexy soundtrack instead of that like standard fantasy French horn? Oh, thing? for sure. Yeah, yeah. Gonna awesome. fuck now, gonna fuck now, gonna fuck now, gonna fuck now. Fuck now, gonna fuck now, gonna fuck. What is that? That's the whole song. That's the Game of Thrones theme song. Oh, got it, got it. Yeah. I mean, that movie's basic. Or that show's like very similar to that's this, just I kind think. of what you pitched to an extent except the dragons don't turn into people yeah yeah especially there is tantric, there otherwise is tantric, the parallel is exact there is tantric <laughs> sex with vines though right yeah cool yeah yeah it's the whole thing in season four cool. Mm-hmm. cool 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 great well i'm gonna go ahead and jump into my pitch uh please hold all questions until the halfway point uh, long. My this is also not necessarily as much of a pitch as it's kind of like uh, there's some bullet points here. Again, please hold all questions till the halfway point. Long sweeping shots of landscape. At approximately 16 seconds in, we start to see the end of an older Aragon's army. We continue to pan across the carnage and up the walls of Galbatorix's castle until we see two dragons in combat, their riders locked in the final struggle. At a minute 31, Aragon and Galbatorix engage in direct sword combat. At a minute 59, Aragon stabs deep into Galbatorix's heart, tears streaming down Aragon's face, killing him. Victory as Aragorn, I did it too, Aragorn moves into a room full of dragon eggs. He picks up a green egg and looks into it. Smash cut to 15 years later. I should say my pitch is called After Aragorn, The Wives of Durza. Oh my gosh. Uh, we're at about two minutes and 26 seconds here. Dragon opens her eyes in her room. We see Fuck pictures you. of Aragorn. Fuck, what are you talking about? Okay, you know what? I can't. I don't have time to get to outline how <laughs> egregious that was. <laughs> era porn dragon opens her eyes in her room we see pictures of aragon from opening with from 
the opening with Arya and a baby girl. Saphira in the background. In the books, they end up getting together. I just kind of just decided that also happened. Saphira in the background. We see pics of the child growing older with a gruffer, sadder Aragorn and Saphira in the background. Uh, Dragon is holding the unhatched egg in every photo, but no Arya. Uh, here it's about about three minutes, twelve seconds after that. Aragon here just super busy dragon riding a new threat that he's trying to desperately. Some of these are just more thought notes that I didn't clean up. Um, he's trying to desperately halt. Uh, we have the wives of Durza um, that are the threat. We see like wanted posters or warning signs, things like that. Dragon gets herself ready for school. Uh, she still has the green dragon egg. She we have scenes of her like shooing stray dogs from a defenseless animal. She gets in a fake duel with a little kid and lets him win. Like things to show like. This is a person we should like and root for. Uh, just a few minutes after that, Dragon is in like a pre-writer training school. Uh, she's like 13 or so. Her Everyone here has a baby dragon that has hatched. Hers is the only one that has not hatched. Uh, but somehow she's able to communicate with all of the dragons. Typically, only like the dragon can communicate with their writer. Like I think they can talk to people, but people can't talk to them in the mind speak. Yeah. But she can. Yeah. Um, they have a sort of like a I'm imagining like what amounts to a 50s bomb like nuclear bomb drill like bang everybody gets under their desk and hide like it's kind of like that drill uh, but for the wives of Durza uh, dragon is tacitly exempt because she doesn't have a dragon uh, coming in about th- uh, there in the next three minutes and 58 seconds uh, bullies are picking on a weaker kid she gives them a good thrashing in class and on the playground they're cornered and the fight breaks out she gets piled on by bullies and their whole gang uh, but doesn't fight back she just protects the egg the class is loving this as chaos reigns Um, the next scene here it's about I don't know I have about like five minutes 34 seconds Uh, she's with Aragon and Saphira in his office Uh, she's asking what the wives um, status with the wives of Durza etc here we have the info dump these uh, are a cult dedicated to the long dead shade they were his disciples in i believe the city was called gilead and we cut to the scene in aragon where he's going in to save Arya, and these freaky looking like line of women in black hoods come out um i asked Corey originally to guess on this because he and i watched this together and i went oh there's my sequel the wives of durza and i just pointed at them like he's like well who the fuck are they i went oh they're the, they're durza's wives like as a joke and i thought i'll follow that away for later um so these are actual characters from the first movie Oh. Um, well, let me rephrase that. The people I said they're Durza's wives and then spun into this narrative are based off of actual like side people who passed by Aragon and said not a word to him. Yeah, the people that were like in the masks, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, and they looked kind of like orcish, almost like the, like mottled skin, etc. Yeah, yeah. Only within the last 15 years have they surfaced again. Aragon is asking why Dragon is fighting teachers. She'll never be a dragon rider if she keeps fighting everyone. She's kind of... I don't know, this scene's a little rough. It's mostly like she's questioning her place here. Saphira, Dragon, etc. Why the egg hasn't hatched. Saphira says, if this is true and you're maybe not going to like cut out to be a dragon rider, why do you keep the egg and why do you protect it? And she says, it's really useful to hit idiots with. There's a pause and then, well, it can't protect itself. But the egg should have hatched by now if it's ever going to. She's really doubting herself. Uh, she's probably not worthy. Aragon is trying to give like wisdoms and platitudes but really not actually listening to what the like yeah. Tragon is saying aragon dismisses them Saphira pokes a little fun at her um because we are introduced to lee li uh which i had abbreviated to love interest to li and i kept forgetting to name wow. her so i decided lee was a fun name um 
she comes in. She's got some dragon eggs. Like she's like, oh, the new eggs have hatched. Here we go. Um, and Aragon dismisses them to look at this and do right our business. And Safira pokes a little bit of fun at Dragon because clearly she has a crush on Lee, and it's sweet. Uh, the next scene here, about two minutes, 40 seconds, the wives of Durs attack from the sky. Uh, it's like a blitz, like a strafing, like they're like dropping bombs, like they're breathing fire, destroying some buildings, like just kind of being a menace. Uh, this is a pretty common occurrence, and Dragon watches from the roof. Um, here for the next about two minutes and seven seconds, the adult Aragon, he starts pouring himself an overly generous glass of clear liquor. Safira's with him, and she's trying to like, not talk him down, but she's... Um, basically chastising him for being a terrible father but gently like you know you should make more of an effort she also you know she's growing up without a mom etc um he agrees to talk with dragon when the building rumbles after the attack uh spilling some of the booze and knocking over picture frames on his desk he slams the bottle down and gets to his gets to his feet calling for his armor and leaving the frame he re-enters and takes a long pull from the glass uh, and then leaves again we pan over the desk and we see every photo is of aria none of them are dragon uh in the next scene here it's a it's a fight scene uh with the wives of durza the dragon riders attack led by aragon and they battle uh for i don't know about three and a half minutes uh the next three and a half minutes aragon and Safira fall in the fight uh the next scene four-ish minutes Safir and Aragon crash into their home and Dragon rushes to them the wives are after her for what she can do the talking to the various dragons and being able to communicate like that uh, we see a hooded figure clearly the leader leap onto them and press a gnarled staff with a burnished glass orb into Aragon's chest Safira calls to Dragon to flee uh, the next few scenes take place there about a minute or so apiece but Dragon slow-mo fleeing through the city looking back as the wives flock to where Aragon and Sephira fell uh, the wives raining hellfire on or sorry raining hellfire on the town while Dragon is fleeing uh, there's the fleeing continues <laughs> for four about four and a half more minutes uh then in the wilderness dragon is calling out familiar names lee her schoolmaster even the bullies anyone that she can like think to like just looking for people uh she tries to provide aid where she finds people who need it um but at one point having hidden here she hears the wives fly by one of them calling out find the dragon daughter uh for a little bit longer here, by another three minutes or so, we have a bit of a montage of her walking, like just keeping trekking on over mountains, over hill, through the woods, stuff like that. Uh, she is not looking back, but she's clutching the egg in hand. Uh, here in the next few minutes, she's bedraggled in a port city. There's a statue being built. The head wife of Durza is being put up. She's got the staff, the orb, everything. Um, she kind of just pulls up her hood and walks away. There's a town crier here as well. Uh, about a minute and a half, the wives are declaring martial law. Capital is, I put Aragon City, but it's just wherever he had established his base. Uh, it's not necessarily Aragon called Aragon. City. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Dragon stumbles into a bar to hide. Uh, she's, at this point, too young to drink, so the barman basically tells her to get out or get to work. Um, so she starts working here. He makes fun of her for the egg because he doesn't think it's real. Like, nobody would just be carrying on a dragon egg like that. Like, either it hatch or they would keep it somewhere and wait for it to hatch for somebody. Um, the next bit here about, I don't know, six and a half minutes. Dragon is trying to disappear into this new city, working at the bar. I want to do like a fancy kind of time jump where she's like, the camera shows her like picking up a glass, putting down a full one, picking up a glass. At some point mm -hmm. she's aging as the glass comes up. And then it's clear at one point as she's picking up the glass, she's drinking from it. Um, nice. 
Uh, there's a lot of time where she's drinking. She's also frequently kind of scrounging for money to pay for drinks. Um, and then we have a scene here where she's considering to pay for a drink with the egg. Like over time, it's like, I don't have money, but I've got this. Um, instead, she agrees to fight in a boxing, like basically the bar boxing to pay for the tab. Uh, we see a cloaked stranger in the bar. Um, she does a fight. It goes on for about a minute two minutes or so soil soldiers loyal to the wives show up and break this up. So dragon starts to flee through the city. We have a fun chase here. She sells the egg at about two minutes and 26 seconds of this scene. The cloaked stranger jumps in the fray, assisting dragon, um, assisting a oh, dragon rider as a dragon also assists in the escape. So this cloaked figure is a dragon rider. Um, the next scene here about, three four minutes uh it's safety they've the cloaked figure is wounded so that she tends to them it turns out this figure is revealed to be lee as an adult she is now a dragon rider uh air dragon is like just fucking pissed about like just angry at this point the one that lee's been hurt about everything that's going on uh, she's like clutching this egg in anger um this next bit here, about a five-minute scene, Lee, while being patched up, info dumps a bit that the wives are converting willing people into more, like, to be wives now. Like, it's like a um, dark ritual. They're becoming like them, whatever. Um, and setting themselves up as governors of whatever city they can conquer. Like, go out, conquer a city, run it as a governor. Like, cool. Um, she marks after a couple minutes of talking that Dragon hasn't asked about Aragon or Saphira. Dragon says that it's been years and basically it's just assumed they're dead. Lee says, she's not dead. They found a way with dark magic to keep her alive after killing Aragon and she's their prisoner. Okay. Uh, we get memory flashes of the life so far. Good, bad, questions and fears. Ultimately a picture of someone who hates bullies emerges, protector of those who can't protect themselves. Uh, here in this scene at about 54 seconds, we show the schoolboys fighting and protecting the egg. Minute 57, the barkeep talking shit and trying to leverage booze for the clearly valuable egg, but she won't do it. Two minutes, 30 seconds, Saphir reassuring her about her kind of her personality. Three minutes, 26 seconds, Aragon saying she has everything she needs. Um, and for over the next one minute and 44 seconds, the egg cracks in her hand. It drops, and she drops in a fear, and the egg hatches. At this point, Pink Floyd's The Wall ends. We start over. God damn it. Oh, my God. I also realized at this point, the joke is actually Dark Side of the Moon, but I'd already listened to a 120-minute Pink Floyd album, so I committed to the bit. We start the tracks over. Oh, my God. I was, I was like, trying to figure out why yeah. this is happening. So, I apologize. I can go back if there's if I rushed through something. I was mostly trying to get to the joke before you all figured out what I was doing. <laughs> uh, I did map this movie. Like I, I like Madison. We'll talk about this now. We'll go behind the scenes. Like you, I was just like I don't know what to do. Like you know, like I don't know if this would sync up to like Dark Side of the Moon. I thought the Wall or whatever. I was like, yeah, yeah. Okay, fuck it. Let's make it sync up to that. Yeah. Uh, so I, I sat down, started listening to the wall, and as songs were going, I was like, "Okay, this lyric is talking about this. I don't know. Aragon's a bad dad. That would track with this song. Okay, next song." And then I just sort of like went back and fleshed a plot out. Yeah. Um, Amazing. Let me get a drink of water because I my mouth is very dry. Yeah, that's I, that that's rad. I that's also why some of these notes are very sparse and confusing is uh-huh. because like they went from a question of like how will I figure this out to 
I kind of figured it out, forgot to erase the question, never really <laughs> settled on one thing. I meant to rewrite this as a full pitch, but then I thought, no, the bit only works if it's fragmented like this mm-hmm. in sections so I can give timestamps. From I- now on, I'm going to mostly give the name of the song since the joke has like the joke is sprung. Sure. It's mm. not going to be as much timestamps as like this song plays over that or whatever. I figured you were using a new program or something where you like timestamp like like a plot for a story or something no. i'm just like oh yeah it sounds like mike got a new a new like a, a new program no. or something <laughs> i sat down and wrote out how long is song number one how long is song number two etc and then for some of these as i was listening so lyrics will hit specifically with things that are happening that's where like it got like this last one um track technically number 25 the trial um at 54 seconds, there's a lyric there that hits. It'd be about, like, fighting bullies. A minute 57. Got it. Just people talking shit. Uh, 2.30, something about, like, uh, 2.30 to 3.26, like, ma and pa or something like that. Like, I, I don't have the, the notes specifically of why those lyrics match exactly. If people wanted to, they can go back through. Maybe at some point I'll do a bonus episode where I'll run through this, like, with each song and, like, where I was hitting the bits. Sure, sure. But for now, I'm going to press on to restarting pink floyd's the wall for the second half of the movie yeah and just yeah. to just to, like you you were listening and looking at the lyrics just to mm-hmm. put out there you're listening and looking at the lyrics and seeing like oh making a scene off of the lyrics and like what is yes, happening like, in the song exactly yeah right? mm-hmm. and that's how i set up the first half and then i kind of honed down how that first half was going to work and then i started it again with the back half to figure out how we bring this bird home got it okay mm-hmm. cool. so we start again within the flesh um at roughly a minute 30 and dragon looks at the dragon completely shocked that it finally hatched she touches the dragon and gets the mark the exact same place as aragon did um i think maybe we flashed to his hand to make it explicit that like it's sure. the, the marks even like in the same place whatever um the next part we have the baby dragon i put babby dragon <laughs> finding its way in the new world adorable yet fragile as the older dragons look after it and teach it dragon is watching and thinking this is played over the thin ice uh we get to another brick in the wall part one uh dragon thinking over aragon's clue that they have everything they need uh we replay his death the last scene with dragon talking no sound pictures of the family the absence of Arya. um there was a bit that I forgot to go back in and write, and it's mostly just Aragon talking about how, like, they can't seem to lay hits on the wives of Durza. Like, things mm. that should hit them just seem to not, like, affect them. Uh, Lee joins, and they reminisce about school, about bullies and teachers. They mention particularly Bad Teacher, who was referenced his bad... I guess I had a, I started to write a bit in here because of the lyrics about a teacher who's like... Oh, who always complained about his wife, but they never actually saw or met her. Um, another brick in the wall part two starts and dragon clocks it. The wives that they're fighting aren't the actual wives. It's light and shadow. They're like shades. They're right. Ra- they're not shades. They're like wraiths, like fa- like projections, uh, which is why they're not really doing any damage. Um, and that's why they can't be destroyed. Uh, specters with destructive power, but the true wives always outside of the walls, uh, Aragon talking about not doing any damage to them, like flashback. Uh, that's a bit. I cut. Never mind. Sorry. Um, I cannot stress how slapdash this plot put, is put together. We get to the song Mother and Dragon thinking at Mother. This is a wild theory. Lee sits with Dragon while thinking. Probably this a conversation happens. Oh, this is mostly a Lee thing. Like, the, I guess the idea was this is Dragon thinking about the love interest. And when I say she's thinking at Mother, like, hey, Mom, 
I don't know if I like this is I think she's cute but like is this like a good idea etc yeah. etc et at the end we flash and we see that she's actually been thinking about Safira oh. the not love interest as in as mother not got it got it um uh, the next song, Goodbye Blue Sky. They need to move across the land and not the sky? Question mark. <laughs> I might just read some of my dumb notes as they come up. Uh, <laughs> why is the Durza patrols regularly? And then uh, we move on to Empty Spaces. Dragon sits for sits for a full glass of whiskey, goes to drink it, but Hatch, which is what I've named the dragon at this point, gives mm. her a look. She leaves the drink and doesn't come back. I'm paralleling the same scene for the same song at the beginning where Aragon goes to fight the wives of Durza. Leaves the glass. He comes back, takes a big drink out of the glass, and leaves again. Same kind mm-hmm. of thing. Dragon leaves, doesn't come back for the glass. Um, the next song, Young Lust. Dragon flying hatch through a lightning storm. Getting the dragon big. Uh, gotta get that dragon big. Yeah, gotta get that big dragon. That big electric dragon. Everybody, if your car's too small, if it's not, you know, doesn't have the right horsepower, drive it into a lightning storm. It will get bigger. It will get stronger. Not just cars. Just anything. Legally, like, we have to say that is not true. I, I will say, though, if you're looking for uh, big dragon things... Actually, no, never mind. I <laughs> That's Madison's pitch. If you're looking for big dragon <laughs> things, go to Aeroporn. Uh, www.aeroporn, the Aragon sequel porn. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, on the other side, they meet Lee, who's on Dragonback. They fight uh, They fight a wife in, the, in a backwoods town. In this point, at one minute and 19 seconds of the song, quote, roasting an actual meat wife, end quote. <laughs> sure. The next song, one of my turns, uh, three minutes. I put there's a, a cute love scene, probably a, I'll say softcore sex scene. Like, it's light. It's not a big deal. You, I can't really top what you've did. So. Are there dragon tails? Are there fields of no. wheat? No, but yeah, there's fields of wheat, but there's no dragons or vines. Lee leaves at this point to go take another town. They're splitting up the forces now that they know how to like defeat the wives. So the dragon, the remaining dragon riders who've all been in hiding are kind of like going to go one-on-one various cities to free them. Like the, the wives from various cities to free them and get people. We're going to openly ignore the bad parts of this song. Cause there's a lot of stuff about, please don't leave me. Cause I like to hit you. It's a bad song. I'm saying mm. like, I, I want to address it. We're openly just not going to like, the music may get real quiet as that happens during listens or whatever, but it's it's a bad song. The 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 characters just take a moment and talk about how bad that song is and like how it should yeah. like be referenced. They look at this. They actually dragon looks at this and goes, "Hey guys, dragon here. We've been having a lot of fun here today. Dragons, but yeah, wars, um, wives of Durza. It's all romp, right? Uh, we get to another brick in the wall, part three. Dragon is clearing out their hovel. They hurl a bottle out there. Or she hurls one. The the Pronouns change here because I hadn't decided the gender of Aragon's child for most of it. So I was kind of like just being neutral. Uh, Dragon's clearing out their hovel. She throws the bottle out the window, uh, kicks the door shut. The shitty landlord such bar guy is up in their shit, points up and Hatch drops a fireball on the building. We defo establishes only one room or that kind of superficial fire that is scarier than it is damaging. Question mark. Either way. Fuck yeah. Uh, next song, Hey You, Dragon, and Hatch broadcasting to everyone they can about the like a rallying cry. Like, we're going to go take Aragon City, I guess is what I'm still calling it. Uh, fucking get a sword, get a knife, get to Aragon City. We're going to fucking bring down the wives. Um, next song, Is There Anybody Out There? They're landing at home, in quotes, Aragon City. Ruined city home of the Dwarves of Dursa. 
Uh, Nobody Home is a song. We see the wives step out. Dragon and Hatch give some fight but are overpowered. Uh, The next song is Vera. It's a minute and 33 seconds. This is where I decided we were going to meet the head wife of Durza, who I then just called Vera because that's the name of the song. And they say Vera in the song. Um, Played by Charlize Theron. She's less oh, nice. sort of a uh, bog standard witch and more a mix of like that model skin and razor sharp teeth. And then also like the Durza stretched skin and scars kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, the Most of the wives are a pretty standard old witch, sharp teeth, mottled skin. Like they look pretty similar. She's like clearly the leader because she looks different. Like, um, she has that classic gnarled staff with a dusky orb at the top. And she says, you've only made us more powerful. Um, Dragon is thrown into a dungeon. We hear a weak and defeated voice of Rachel Weiss and Sophia. Uh, that was bring the boys back. The song now we're into comfortably numb again. Sophia is a shell of her former self, still large and muscular. She is no longer terrifying as her spirit is broken. Dragon tries to rally her too. She only perks up when he reaches when she rather when she reaches out a hand and Sophia sees the mark on Dragon's hand. Sophia is afraid, and we explain in not an info dump cannot be clearer that dragon's power is really rare and uh, to be able to hear and communicate with all dragons with her own dragon. Now that power is amplified. Dragon mentions the rallying call. Uh, didn't work though since no one is here. Sophia says that's what the wives want. They want to corrupt her power so they can have it and control dragons. That's why she's still alive. Dragon asks how, or that's why she, Sephira, is still alive. Yeah. Dragon asks how Sephira won't answer. Clearly, this is like too deeply traumatizing for her. Uh, the next song, the show must go on. Vera is actually there. She's in the corner. She steps forward with her staff. She waves a hand, and the orb on her staff becomes clear glass. Inside that orb is the still beating heart of Aragon. Ooh. They plucked it next song in the flesh. They plucked it from him and kept it beating. They put it in the staff now. So that's how Sephira is still alive, but Aragon is not. Uh, she makes the heart sell to Dragon to join him willingly. Uh, after establishing a way for this to make sense, she gets the staff from Vera. I was going to retcon in something of like, I'm good at slingshots or something. So she could do, uh, she gets the staff and breaks the orb. Uh, so it, the heart sauce, Sephira does die at this point, but it, we kind of have established in a way that I did a bad job of. That's what Sephira wants. Sure. sure yeah. Um, she can go to become stars and, uh, become a constellation or whatever. Yeah, exactly. Half my heart to your, I know what you're doing. Uh, Dragon running through the seats during the song Run Like Hell. Dragon running through the streets looking for Hatch as the people start to show up from the rallying cry earlier. Hatch and Dragon are commu- in communication, but she doesn't know where he is, and he doesn't know where he is. So he can't like tell her, come get me here. Uh, we see other riders, including Lee, soaring into battle. It's not going great. Uh, Dragon avoids the fight. These are the shadows. She's looking for the real, sorry, the real wives, the real Durza wives of Alagazia is the joke I wrote there because I started to write the real Durza wives and then the real housewives. It's fun. Um, <laughs> next song, Waiting for the Worm. Dragon is wigging and Hatch's voice tells her to calm down and think. Uh, remembers that they're dead. She starts scanning the ground and sure enough, we see worms and maggots all moving in one direction, like towards corpses. Uh, the next bit we're gonna mix the stop and the trial for about five and a half minutes in total dragon finds the wives coven bunker desperately outnumbered wives they take coven on the bunker. F- yeah <laughs> i the wives coven bunker i thought i was trying to figure out a way to phrase that and i was like coven bunker yeah sure. Uh, desperately outnumbered, they take on the forms of aragon her teachers the barman etc anyone who's ever made her feel less 
maybe dissonant whispers too. Look, this one got away from me. Turns out the concept isn't enough for a movie, but in the grand scheme of things, this feels true to Aragon because wow, was that just a lot of other more popular fantasy things, but with dragons now? I mean, his name is basically Aragorn. In reality, his name is Dragon, but with an yeah. E instead of a D. And as we know, anyone who builds a brand by changing one letter to an E is a hack. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, this was a big emotional catharsis for Dragon, and she signals the other riders, and they show up and burn everyone alive. Hatch has gotten free at this point for reasons, and somehow shields Dragon from the flames. The wives are defeated. Hurrah. Hurrah. Outside the wall. We have the big bad guy's dead party and hence that the feature will be bright, but it's all pretty quick. And then we end the movie because outside the wall is only one minute and 44 seconds. And that's credits on After Aragon, The Wives of Durza. It will perfectly sync up to Pink Floyd's The Wall twice. At the amazing. At the bad guys is dead. Our dead yeah. uh, party. We see tiny solemn bums just like dancing and like yeah. And stuff. <laughs> yeah. Well, it can't be to that song because that's not outside the wall. Sure, 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 sure. <laughs> but anyway, are there any questions of things I can flesh out or answer? Since that was very slapdash and very quick. Not really. I think it's a. I think it's a fun concept. I've never listened to that album before, so not really a lot of reference for me. But yeah. Like. Um, the other thing, I really knuckled in on this, even though at about 10 p.m. last night, I came up with Aragon in 60 seconds and Aragon with the wind oh, and almost changed. And then today I realized I should just map this over Puff the Magic Dragon instead. Mm-hmm. Um, but my Corey's a big mu- or music guy. He was going to fucking love the fact that this was over the wall. So I really kind of knuckled in. And by the time he told us he couldn't do it, I was pretty much committed to finishing this bit. So I know that this is really not the audience to go into a deep dive for Pink Floyd's <laughs> The Wall, but... Hey, you fucking did it, though. I think it was pretty yeah. impressive. Um, mm-hmm. Also, knowing what you had told me that yours was going to be very short and also... Like you didn't apologize, but it was the way you were talking about it was I could tell it was going to be a trip. I figured this was the time to go concept album. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah. Concept porn, then concept album. <laughs> All right. Actually, uh, what a great segue. Jackson, as our recurring hostage, you got to pick concept porn or concept album. And we're not phrasing. We're not changing the phrasing of that. No. You don't have to say that phrasing. We are not going to change the phrasing of the question. Hmm. Interesting. Okay. So, uh, what is the what is the criteria on which I'm judging these? Is it like what would make the most money? What what's the best sequel? What's the best the... sequel is typically what the judge got chooses on. Yeah, hmm. but you know, if you want to think about more money uh, or just uh, <laughs> what people would probably go see. Um, let me also, if we're going to talk more money, which of the two of these is likely going to get leaked onto the free porn sites, I mean, therefore not making any money? Not if we're very litigious, right? I'm pretty sure Cruella got leaked on Pornhub, and I don't think anybody got sued, so... Wait, like, for poor reasons, they're just like, hey, here's a free way to watch Cruella? I think the, the latter, I'm pretty sure. Okay, sure, that tracks. Huh. Hmm. Also, that's convinced me, like, that if... Uh, the point of a sequel is to is to make money off of the thing that came before it. So logically, the one that has less porn is the one that's going to do better. Uh, and you can't link it online because all the all the things will flag. Hey, this is music from a from an album. So Mike's is better based on that on that logic. Before you before that's <laughs> official, I need to be clear. The soundtrack of this movie is not Pink Floyd's The Wall. The oh, idea okay. would be if you hit play on both of them at the same time. 
it would track perfectly. Oh, so you could gotcha. leak it online like, and not get knocked. So I mean, you still would, a... but not by Pink Floyd. Yeah, I'm just saying. I had dragon having sex, and mm. that's powerful. <laughs> I mean, look, I can't, I can't fight that. That is true. Hmm. Don't you want to hmm. see someone who kind of looks like John Malkovich, kind of like have sex with a dragon lady? No, I, uh, yeah, I mean, not really. That definitely did not awaken anything within me. I think I will. I will give it to Mike. I think because like there is like more of a coherent story happening, but also I definitely want to watch Madison's as well. If only because I like the porn. Yeah, like the the weird like cheerful vigor with which you like hit every plot point. I, oh yeah. I like that we get our friends on here, and then we say bad things. Like, Kylie came on, and we decided she was a confirmed servant of Satan. Jackson comes on, and we've established now that they love porn. Like, our friends are going <laughs> to stop doing this show. Hey, I mean, you know, I'll, I'll admit, like, maybe the more logical sequel to Aragon isn't porn. Uh <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll cop to that i'll cop to that can i just say how big of you it is to admit that like a lot of other co-hosts wouldn't admit that i'm really like, carving something out of my my chest when i say that just like really putting is it a hall yeah it is um i think mike hit a thing that is like this is logically what a sequel might be like uh with an added pink floyd element but madison definitely like pitched a like uh swing for the fences sequel and i'm here for that <laughs> Oh, I'll fuck for the fences. Fuck for the fences. That's good. That's what I always try to do. I try, I try to fuck for the fences. I don't want to put we fuck for the fences this week as the equalizer, but I know we're probably gonna. <laughs> like, I'm writing the episode copy this week, and I don't want to do it, but I'm pretty sure that's going to end up being in the copy. Yeah. Odds. Um, before we move on, I do want to share something a little bit because uh-huh. i did i did say i had another concept that i was thinking about I, I won't share like a lot of it but i got really mad specifically mad about the um aragon is just dragon with an e thing um, oh yeah and also really caught up in i kept thinking aragorn throughout the entire thing you kept saying aragorn through the entire thing yeah so i i wrote the title aragon colon aragorn's era corn <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> and the whole plot was going to be, it was a hybrid, a hybrid, like, or, like, it was going to star Aragorn um, after he, uh, after he took the throne. And um, he had to, like, there was, like, a mythic ear of corn that was going to, like, enter the world of Aragorn, Aragorn. Um, that was going to somehow, like, solve a famine crisis in the world of uh the middle earth but um it kind of got away from me believe it or not like so um, i didn't even get a hand on that i'm still honestly that tracks because if you like if you look at minas Tirith, you can tell there are no farms anywhere around it and they have a huge population boom so they actually super definitely have like an agricultural crisis happening yeah so it's a logical sequel to both honestly yeah what i was gonna what i was kind of going off of is because i looked at like aragon's epilogue aragon's Mm -hmm. epilogue and like oh he was a good king he lived like 112 more years or something after Mm -hmm. that um and but part of what he did is he uh reconquered the easterlings and the hem 
like the other people or something mm-hmm. um for gondor and this like <laughs> the hemsworths yeah <laughs> he conquered the hemsworths for gondor tolkien really phoned it in at the end where he's like the easterlings and th- the other people yeah no that's basically what it is it, it starts with an h i don't I, I don't i don't remember how to say it but like mm-hmm. and so hard ways but to me there was an influx of people that just suddenly got part got added to the kingdom and i'm like oh yeah maybe there would be like less food for everybody so like there would he would have to like have a famine crisis or something like that uh that he'd have to magically solve we can probably cut this bit but part of it is also he's like hey people like conquered i'm sorry for you here's uh fucking mordor you can live in mordor now mm-hmm. good luck with that i'm probably gonna cut most of this description of aragorn's ear of corn why <laughs> it's taking so long <laughs> We're like hour 15. I'm proud of Aragorn's ear of corn. Aragorn's ear of corn, Aragorn's ear of corn, Aragorn's ear of corn. Yeah, and probably not proud enough to actually make it your pitch, apparently. Yeah, yeah. You saved it for as a shameful secret until the end of the episode. The, well, the problem was, you know what my problem was? I ha- I didn't know how I was going <laughs> to... Where do I start? You know what my problem was? It wasn't any of the famine or like the kind of convoluted story. I didn't know how I was going to tie into Aragorn. <laughs> <laughs> I just kind of really got into like making so, this sort of so, side story about Aragorn. Hold on, Aragorn. this is going to be a deleted scene. This might be a bonus episode because we got to talk about this. You were going to introduce a mystical era of corn to solve a famine crisis, and your problem was figuring out how to tie in Aragorn. Yeah, exactly. It's like yeah. a trans-dimensional mystical era of corn to solve a famine crisis, and you were just stumped on where Aragorn was going to. I, I come had no in. idea. I didn't know how Aragorn was going to fit in. So there is a lot to unpack there. Yeah. Uh, hey, so Jackson, did we we both do it? <laughs> um, deeply wild. You y'all did it. Um, the characters Madison's pitch did it several times. Yeah, uh, a lot of sex in that one. Bazinga! Mm-hmm. Well, if we did it, that's credits on another episode of The Equalizers. Madison Jones, tell the people where they could find us. People can find us on Porn Bean. I mean, Pod Bean. <laughs> iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, and everywhere else podcasts are found by searching the fuckerizer. I mean the equalizer. Uh, Porn Bean is the uh, porn parody of Jack the Beanstalk. You can also get in contact with us on Facebook and Twitter at the Equalizers or on Gmail at equalizers.com. And you can get in contact with us on Instagram at the underscore equalizers. You can also get in contact with us on Twitter, Grindr, Grubhub, SmashNet. Uh, sexpot.com OnlyFans the the doing it site uh, all of those Scruff. good good just hot steamy porn sites I'm gonna I'm gonna release all of our uh, all of our episodes onto Pornhub for free <laughs> you know what I would believe you if it didn't require you to sit down and put 113 episodes of a podcast on Pornhub yeah. uh, you can find us everywhere by searching the equalizers and as always we spell it e-q-u-e-l-i-z-e-r-s-e-x like in sequel like in sex nice. <laughs> uh we'd love it if you give us a review and subscri- or subscribe on Pornhub, on twitter anywhere just get at us get those reviews going five stars or penises or whatever the rating system is where you're finding us uh five of them Special thanks to the Banana Boys for our theme song, Two Steps Strutting Off, their debut album, Technicolor Girl from Outer Space. You can find them on Facebook, Twitter, and on Instagram by searching Banana Boys. And as always, that's spelled B-O-Y-E-S like an oh yes. yes. The full album is available on all streaming services now. 
Now, Jackson, as you stepped in, I didn't prompt you for it, but do you have a film for us to do next time? Oh, God. You were not um, asked about it or reminded, so it's not like I'm like we're expecting you to. If you do, cool. If not, we'll figure out something. So there is a wild movie I just recently became aware of uh-huh. um, that stars um, Denise Richards and okay. um, also a young... Um, what's the guy from Fast and the Furious? Um, Vin Diesel? No, the other guy. The Paul Walker. Paul Walker, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and it involves a man who brain, whose brain gets uh, transported into a T-Rex. And it is called, in, it's called Tammy and the T-Rex. And it is a wild fucking, I saw the trailer for it. And I really want to watch it. So I think we should do it for this movie. Uh, yeah, Jackson, we'll write you an IOU because next time we're doing Tammy and the T Rex. <laughs> yeah. Have you heard of this movie? Uh, the title, I, I think vaguely, but not not anything like that. I think it's Denise mm-hmm. Richards. Let me let me just. Well, the only other movie I've seen her in was mm-hmm. um, The World Is Not Enough. So I really was like, if you say the next words out of your mouth are Pierce Brosnan, I know what movie this is. When Pierce Brosnan uh, gets his brain transferred into a uh, raptor. Um, so, for the equalizers, I'm Madison Jen. I'm, I'm Jack Snefflin. I'm Mike Knoll. To be continued. First, take your favorite leg, and then you kick it up to your chest. Then you pump your open palms and then you really start breaking a sweat. That's all there is, that's really it. You barely even gotta move your butt. Come on, man, now follow my lead. And we'll do the two steps. Come on, dance with me.